Hello, beautiful people. I hope you're enjoying summer so far. Thank you so much for listening and for sending me such heartfelt feedback on my previous episodes. It makes me feel really proud, like I'm sharing light, like I'm sharing something with you all that you might find as beautiful as I do. Thank you for sharing with your friends and on social media. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast on whatever app you're listening to it on. I know Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review, which would be really helpful for us to spread the good word even more. Uh, Excuse my voice today. I caught a little cold. My kids each had a summer cold. They had it for a couple days, but like one caught it and then a week later, the other got it. A week later, the other got it. So I've been up at night with one of them for a couple weeks now, and I was super proud that I didn't get it, but all that lack of sleep with some added stress just kind of pushed me over the edge. In the future, I want to do some really thorough chats on how Chinese medicine fights viruses and illnesses and what I do to treat myself, how we get rid of viruses in my house through herbs and acupuncture, acupressure, cupping, um... My kids, thank God, have been really healthy. We've never had a sick visit to the doctor. They've never been on antibiotics. Um, Well, my one son had a bad infection on his toe that started tracking and I got scared. So we did do antibiotics for that, but not for illnesses or anything. And my son just had a double ear infection that we treated naturally in two days. He was in so much pain. I've actually never seen him like that. But two days later it was totally gone. So it just goes to show how powerful Chinese medicine is in combating these types of viruses. When I was little, I used to catch every bug as a kid and I would have it for the longest out of all my siblings. And it was super annoying, but I've transformed my immune system as I've grown. And when I do get a virus, it pretty much resolves itself within a few days. I take herbs, do acupuncture, get enough rest, which is really the hardest part, especially as a working mom, as many of you know. But I'll just go briefly into how Chinese medicine views viruses. So they say that wind carries in the pathogens. So in the springtime, when it's very windy out and the trees and flowers are budding, the wind is what spreads the allergens. And we have different types of qi. Qi, again, is the Chinese word that translates to our living energy. So we have a few types of qi, and one is called wei qi, or defensive qi. And... You can envision that like a canopy around your body and it's controlled by the lungs and the digestive system. And when that canopy is nice and strong, the wind can't penetrate it and we don't get sick. We don't get allergies, but if it's weak, if we have a weakness in our lungs or digestive system, then pathogens can get in much easier. And summertime is very common to get what we call wind heat. So for the most part, viruses, we break down to wind heat, wind cold, and wind dampness. And they describe all the different types. And we usually diagnose them based on symptoms. So in the summer, naturally it's hot and we get penetrated by wind heat, especially if you tend to run a little hot anyway. So personally, I have some digestive heat and I'm a fire person. So whenever I get sick, for me, it's always wind heat. It goes right to my throat first and I get a sore throat. Um, It's also very common. Wind is also change. So any transition, change of seasons, you know, the kids are all in school and then that's a big transition that they're coming out of it. So it's common. I'm sure a lot of you see the kids would frequently get sick when school ends. 
So my family didn't escape the wind heat at this transition. Um, you know, you think if it's heat, you want to stay really cool and have fans on, but fans are actually wind and that's what spreads a lot of the pathogens. So we want to stay cool, but we don't want that wind. We don't want the fans. We really want to focus more on a cooling diet and cooling energy, that calm yin energy. Um, green juices are a really great way to induce cooling into the body. So drinking green juice in the morning, when you first wake up, the body can absorb any vitamins and minerals really easily because there's nothing in there. You haven't eaten overnight. Hopefully you didn't eat right before bed either. So we have a fresh system and the small intestine can pull those nutrients into the walls and into the bloodstream really easily. And juicing is great in my opinion, better than smoothies, especially in the morning, because it doesn't have to compete with digesting all the fiber. You're just getting the vitamins and minerals. So that's typically how we start our day in my house. I used to juice everything myself, but it's so friggin' time consuming. And I've been prioritizing more like a little sleep, a little meditation in the morning. So recently I started purchasing these big bottles of Suja organic cold press juice. I get the one called Uber Greens, and then I usually squeeze like half a lemon in mine. And for the kids, I only put like an ounce of the green juice for them and then like a splash of orange juice. So it's a little sweeter. It's easier for them to get down. Um, I drink about eight to 10 ounces probably. And it's important to get cold pressed because if you're using a juicer that induces some kind of heat, it can strip away some of the vitamins and minerals. That being said, I never drink it cold. So Chinese medicine hates cold foods and cold drinks. So obviously we keep it in the refrigerator so it's fresh, but I take it out, I pour it in a glass, and then I fill up a bowl of warm water or hot water in the sink, and I put the cup in the bowl so that way it absorbs some of the warmth. Because um, the stomach doesn't like cold drinks because it's much harder to digest. It's much more taxing. So temperature-wise, if it's a little bit warm, it's easier for the body to absorb it and break it down. And energetically, it's still very cold. For the most part, any raw vegetables are cooling. So the time when you might not want to juice would be more in the winter when it's cold out. The body's having a harder time digesting energetically cold foods and drinks. Or if you suffer from spleen chi deficiency. So that's when the digestive chi is a bit weak and you can't transform food into energy. So you might know that if you're sluggish energy, have a hard time losing weight, if your tongue is pale and swollen, um, if you have looser stools, you know, you might not drink raw vegetable juices. You'd be much better off eating it, your vegetables and soups and baked vegetables. And kids naturally have some spleen sheet deficiency. So I only give my kids green juice like maybe four times a week. And I'm always aware, you know, kids also kind of naturally have heat. So if you're balancing it right, usually some juices are really great for them to cool that heat down and get them the minerals they need. So if you have robust digestion, then the summertime, you can have some salads and some raw vegetables to combat that summer heat. But if you have loose stools or any other signs of spleen tea deficiency, definitely cook all your food. And that alone can really transform people's digestion. You know, I have a lot of patients who come in and they're eating really healthy, 
They're eating a lot of vegetables, clean proteins, smoothies, um, but they're bloated. They can't lose weight. They have chronic stuffy noses. They have low energy. So because their spleen can't transform the food into energy, so it just gets sticky and damp. So we treat their spleen chi. We strengthen it with acupuncture and then have them change their diet and just cook their vegetables and actually eat more grains um, like porridges. And carbs are really kind of demonized in our country, but it's really gluten and wheat that are the problem, not carbohydrates. You know, the body actually loves grains when they're gluten-free, when they're cooked really long and slow and thoroughly. Um, The gluten and the wheat are what's really inflammatory and cause a lot of heat. So gluten-free grains in the morning is the best thing for digestion. And even though it's warm and cooked, it's more neutral in energetic temperature. So it's not like it's heating, you know, it's still good for the summer it's more like neutral and that's what we eat after our juice so we alternate like oatmeal rice congee buckwheat sometimes amaranth quinoa porridge and i make them pretty sweet for the kids um i add fruit and maple syrup or honey and cinnamon and then some almond or cashew butter some seeds for protein anyway i could talk easily about diet for a good 20 to 30 podcasts and I definitely want to get there eventually and you guys tell me more of what you want to hear about but today I want to circle back to expand on the last podcast when I spoke about yin and yang so those two primal forces that are opposite but interconnected yin is the shady side of the hill yang is the sunny side of the hill yin is our earth our source our physical anatomy and yang is our heaven our energy, and our physiology. And I want to discuss how these forces relate to our nervous system. So a lot of people throw around that term lately, the nervous system, and I try to explain it to my kids when they're like freaking out or so loud or they're fighting with each other and making it like impossible to get out of the house. And I just like feel the energy bubbling up in me. And instead of like exploding, I try to like recognize it and maintain a level of control about my reaction so I'll like quickly grab their attention look them in the eye and tell them that this noise or this energy is making my nervous system really nervous because that's kind of how I feel when the sympathetic nervous system is activated I get that like nervous feeling in my gut so it certainly doesn't always work when I tell them that but we're practicing and like I talked about last time you know we live in this go 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 society where everything's revved up And it's really easy to get caught up in it. And our kids totally sense that too. So what exactly from an anatomical or really physiological point of view is the nervous system? So our autonomic, I think of it as automatic nervous system, is this control center in our brain. And it mediates like our natural state of balance, our homeostasis. And it's totally involuntary. It's our meter that helps us respond to what's outside of us, to our, it helps us experience and respond to our environment. So, and again, this is totally automatic. They're unconscious reactions to the world around us. And we have this huge network of nerves in this system and they send electrical signals all over the body. So the nerves received the information from the world around us and then help us interpret that information so we can have the appropriate response. So 
the nerves are all over the body. It controls breathing, digestion, blood pressure, sexual glands. And it's broken up into two parts, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. So to bring that back to yin and yang, the sympathetic is yang and the parasympathetic is yin. And many of you have probably heard of the fight or flight response or the rest and digest response. So parasympathetic is rest and digest. That's when we're restful and this system's in charge. It calms our nerves and our digestive system and our heart, relaxes our blood pressure, relaxes our lungs, relaxes our muscles. The parasympathetic nervous system tells the body that we're safe. So when we're safe, we can have steady bowel movements. The fluids in our bodies are plentiful. Our hormones, our sexual functions are running smoothly. And we know we're safe, so we know we can enjoy life, enjoy our food, enjoy our bodies, you know, not feel like tense and tight. The fight or flight is the sympathetic nervous system. And that is what triggers the responses we would have or we would need if we were in danger. So that's the opposite effect. It takes priority away from digestion and away from what we might consider non-essential in an emergency. And it sends it to release adrenaline. So adrenaline is a stress hormone that comes from our adrenal glands. And as this is flowing through our bodies, it's telling us to run, to fight, or to freeze. Our heart rate and our blood pressure increases and it sends energy to our muscles. Um, it also sends energy to our brain to keep us super alert. So all this is unconscious and super quick. So if we're attacked, we don't need to think to respond. So both these systems are totally, absolutely essential to human survival. And they're the same systems that were in place in our early ancestors and early humans. And they really haven't evolved that much. So like, I think humans humankind have been like around for 200,000 years or I saw a recent study that suggests they've been around a lot more than we even thought which is just so wild but anyway arguably those humans were confronted with a lot more physical danger than we are today they didn't have homes and shelter to protect them from the elements to protect them from animals they didn't know when their next meal was coming they needed their sympathetic nervous system all the time to protect them from danger but our bodies don't know the difference between a real threat and a perceived threat. So when we're stressed or afraid or anxious on a daily basis in these modern times, our systems respond the same way as if we were living on the land and being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. And personally, when my nervous system is in response, I get like a knot in my stomach. I can feel my heart beating. My breath is more shallow. I get tense in my neck and shoulders, tense in my back. And, you know, this response happens like when I see my baby looks like she's going to fall off the couch or something. You know, I get that jump, that like surge of energy in my stomach. But it also happens if someone like attacks my character or if I have a really stressful situation I have to deal with or if I am running super late or... You know, so it's the same response as I would have if I suspect danger. And most of us will go like our whole lives without ever actually needing to fight or run from something, but our bodies are prepared to do it at any thought, just one thought. And we're revved up. This yang system is, you know, turned on 
And we often turn it on because it kind of feels good. It feels pumped up. It feels like we're getting energy, like we can achieve things in this very young society. You know, we wake up and have our caffeine and our to-do list and we're constantly stimulating our brains and we're worrying about the future or the past. And when our mind's always focused on what's coming next, we're just continuously sending impulse after impulse that we need to be prepared. We have so much more practice in this preparation and an expectation of like something going wrong than we do of our actual rest. You know, our poor parasympathetic nervous systems, they rarely get to live in the limelight. Most of us are just walking around with digestive discomfort, like hormonal issues, blood pressure issues, aches and pains for muscles being so tight because that's, you know, in our reality, in our thoughts, we're constantly preparing. We're constantly moving forward. I see that a lot in my practice with back pain. You know, it's the greatest health complaint in the country and it's the number one cause of disability and it grosses billions of dollars every year trying to treat it. But back pain is a disease of modern society. In traditional cultures, you know, they were in the elements all day. They were farming. They were crouching down. They were bending. They were lifting. You know, we see those women in Africa with baskets filled with food on their heads. And they're carrying babies on their fronts, babies on their backs. But traditionally, they're not suffering from back pain. It's the American who has a desk job and all the stress that suffers back pain. You know, in modern society, we can put so much more on our plate, so we do. And this high-stress society where our minds are always in the future, it tells our bodies to be prepared for forward motion because our minds are focused on forward motion. So a lot of us have constant micro-flexions in our calves because when your calves are flexed, you're ready to move. And check your calves right now. It's like actually fascinating. And the acupuncture channel on the calves goes right up the back of the leg to our lower back where our kidneys and our adrenals are. And the kidneys and the pelvis store our constitutional energy. So this energy that we're born with, these reserves, the source of our yin, we're using it up if our minds are subconsciously telling our bodies to prepare for danger all the time. So our kidneys have to burn all of our fuel, all of our deepest fluid energy that we're born with, our hormonal energy, our cerebral spinal fluid, our body is using that to get through the day, to get through our stress. So, you know, we get this chronic low back pain from mix of one, tense muscles along the channel, and two, lack of kidney in to circulate and kidney yang because we use it all up to prepare. So this is obviously subconscious when we're not in a fight or flight, when we're in a calm state and not reacting, you know, we can deliberately decide to switch on our parasympathetic nervous system. That's what like meditation does. You know, it's like the practice for the game of life. It's consciously, purposefully slowing the thoughts, focusing on our breath so that we can nourish our parasympathetic, our yin nervous system. So meditation is an amazing way. And, you know, people do that in different ways with guided meditation or walking meditation or earthing and grounding and being in nature. But, you know, take those moments to focus on your breath and, and just feel, how does it feel in your nostrils? 
what's expanding when you breathe? Is it your chest or is it your stomach? You know, just kind of walk around and appreciate what's around you. Appreciate nature, you know, without judgment. And that is like the hardest part. You know, I'll look at my backyard and see, you know, some of my favorite trees. And then I hear the thoughts like, oh my gosh, that tree is so beautiful. Or, oh, that one I really need to trim. Or I need to go weed over there. Or I wonder what kind of flower that is, you know? So it's harder actually to just to appreciate the wonder of nature, just to be quiet. It's also really helpful to choose appropriate exercise for our body types. You know, we exercise gives the body a sense of expansion and contraction, movement up and down, in and out. You know, through exercise, we're fueling this dance of yin and yang within ourselves. So that's why mindful exercise to connect to our bodies is so important. Even just walking, you know, if you're connecting, we're usually listening to podcasts or talking or, you know, but if you can just like connect and just feel your body moving and eating whole foods from the earth, you know, the earth is the yin of our planet. So when we're eating a more processed and packaged foods, you know, these foods have been stripped of their life force energy. They've been stripped of their yin, their fluids. So we need to eat whole foods and take the time, the focus, the yin to prepare our foods, you know, eating and living in the seasons and in balance with the rhythms of the planet, help us connect, help us calm that nervous system. And I mentioned coffee earlier. So the majority of us, you know, we wake up in the morning and we start focusing on what we need to accomplish on the young. We drink our caffeine. Caffeine is like a whip to our adrenals. It tells our body to rev up and start moving. And the body very quickly realizes, okay, we're going to get whipped every morning. So we need to delay the release of our energy. We need to conserve our energy because when we get whipped, that's when we need to really perform. So that's why people get addicted to caffeine because the body very quickly is very tired unless you get it because it's conserving. So, you know, a lot of us, we don't really trust our natural rhythm. We don't trust that we're enough without the stimulants. And another reason we get so tired is because even if we're getting enough sleep during the day, we're not nourishing our yin and we're just using up all our yang. So a lot of us, I think, know, especially moms who are kind of burnt out. We feel this like empty sort of manic energy. We're tired, but also anxious at the same time. It's hard to focus. We feel irritable and jumpy and, you know, just like one extra thing on the list can totally set us off. And then we're annoyed at our kids when they're not focused, you know, when they're not getting things accomplished, when they're being super annoying and won't get out of the door. You know, we rev up our own nervous systems and we rev theirs up. And then we wonder why they can't focus, why they have ADD, anxiety, why they can't digest their food. You know, we have so much practice preparing for the day, preparing for something to go wrong or being fearful or irritable, you know, underneath irritability and anger is almost always some sort of fear, which activates the, you know, the young fight or flight. So it takes so much more effort to stay present on each moment and focus on gratefulness, focus on what we already have and remind our system how safe we actually are. It's so hard for us just to be you know, when I'm with my kids, I can be really present, but for a short period of time, I have a hard time, you know, when it's longer, it's like, oh, well, you know, I should go throw a load of laundry in and then come right back to this. 
or I should check my phone to see if work needs me or, oh, let me just prep dinner really quick. Or even when I'm super present with them and I'm just like marveling at how freaking cute they are and their faces and how funny they are and the words they mispronounce are so cute. But at the same time, I'm like grabbing my phone to take a video of it or writing it down so I don't forget because, you know, I'm going to miss this when they're older. But often I'm missing it because I'm not present. So, you know, it's tough because it's like, well, if I don't do this right now, I'm going to forget about it. And I have all these things written down that my kids did that just totally lit us up. And I definitely would have forgotten about it if I didn't write it down right away. So there is this advantage to, you know, completing a task in the moment that's outside of what you're actually enjoying. But, you know, there's a time for preparation or doing, and there's a time for being. So I have to remind myself, like I'm safe just to enjoy their presence, to enjoy the present. And that's a mantra I have many anxious patients return to, uh, just saying I am safe because it tells the sympathetic nervous system that it's safe to deactivate. We're safe. So I know that was a lot, but I hope you feel like you got something from it. I hope you feel safe enough to enjoy this podcast, to enjoy your day and, you know, practice feeling into your yin, enjoying the sensations, enjoying the movements of your body, enjoying your environment. Um, Again, I mentioned last time, one of my biggest teachers on this is not a Chinese medicine teacher, but it's the spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle. And he talks a lot about this presence, but I just thought it was really fun to bring it into yin and yang from a Chinese medicine point of view. So I will be back two Thursdays from now to talk about uh, the super fun five elements of all natural things. So there's wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. Uh, So until then, I hope you feel the blessings all around you. Thank you.